Welcome to the Sunday message from Hollyview Church in Boring, Oregon. We gather every Sunday morning at 1030 as a worshiping community of Jesus followers on mission to see God glorified in our lives, our cities, and around the world. At Hollyview, the Bible serves as our foundation and guide for both life and ministry. It tells the story of God and the story of us. We believe the better we know the themes and flow of the biblical story, the better we will be able to find our little place in God's grand storyline. Thank you for joining us. And now here's this week's message from Hollyview Church, a mountaintop experience. Elder Dean Gonnerman is speaking from Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Well, it's good to see everyone, and I'm not used to seeing you from up here. And... Uh, it's also good to see the newlyweds here on the front seat. <laughs> That's great. Um, Pam and Lonnie, just back from a honeymoon. So um, that's good. Um, I want to talk to you today about mountains. And uh, have any of you ever climbed Mount Hood? Raise your hand. One. Well, Two. Wow, that's great. Uh, I've climbed Mount Hood twice, and uh, each time it was really a gratifying experience. And uh, we used to have a person in this church, his name was uh, Dick Weber, a lot of you remember him. He was a certified mountain climber. And uh, one day he asked me, he said, Dean, you want to go up Mount Hood with me? And I, you know, I thought a little bit, and I wasn't sure I wanted to do that. But <laughs> because it, it, I've heard people say it's a tough climb. And so uh, I was in pretty good shape at the time. I was a jogger. And uh, Larry Newfelt, the first pastor of this church, he decided to go with us, and he was in pretty good shape because he was a hiker. And so Larry, Dick, and I went up the mountain. Dick was a biker. He'd ride sometimes 50, 60 miles a day on his bike, so he, he was really in good shape. Anyway, we, I didn't know anything about this. He told us a few things we're supposed to take with us like water and snacks and put them in a light backpack. And, and uh, <clears throat> so, and this was what really amazed me. He says, we're going to meet at Timberline Lodge at midnight. And that's when we'll start the hike. And I said, why at midnight? He said, well, it'll be moonlight and the snow is firm, and he said it's the best time to go up. The, it'll be cool. And so uh, I said, okay, and I got a lot of Snickers in my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> and we headed up the mountain, and we'd go so far, and we'd rest, and we'd go a little further, and... Uh, it, it was moonlight, and it was amazing, you know. It was just going up the snow, 
and we had these crampons on our feet, so we had good traction. And uh, <clears throat> we just kept going up, and finally it really started getting steep. And um, Dick said, well, we, we need the rope together, because uh, oh, we also had ice axes. And I, I didn't know what that was all about, but uh, we, we roped together, and we finally got to this place. It's called the chute, and it's almost straight up, and it's rocky. And you go up one at a time, and you have this rope tied to you in case one of you falls, the other is supposed to hold you. <laughs> and so uh, we went through this chute, and fortunately none of us slipped and fell. And uh, we, each time you'd used your ass, I, axe, your ice axe to get a good grip, and then you'd pull yourself up a little more. And we finally got to the top and uh, headed up then to the top. And I was amazed that the crater of Mount Hood is off to the left, and it's it was steam coming out of it. And that kind of worried me. <laughs> but I guess that's normal. There's steam coming out. And we went a little further and we were at the top. And uh, so the, the crater's not exactly on top, it's down a little ways. Anyway, uh, we got to the top and it was feeling. You know, we could look to the north and we could see Mount Adams, Mount uh, St. Helens, Mount Jefferson, I mean uh, Mount Rainier. We could see those off in the distance. And uh, another interesting thing, to, uh, as we looked out to the north, the airplanes coming into Portland were lower. We, we were looking down on it, you know. And uh, to the south, we could see Mount Jefferson, Mount McLaughlin. And uh, even on a clear day, you could see the top of Mount Shasta from that view. And it, it was an amazing view, and I felt so uplifted. And uh, just to think that, here we are on top of the world. Well, that was my mountaintop experience. And uh, I want to tell you about another one. And it's in the Bible, um, Matthew 17. And uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 9. Matthew 17. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There, was, there, were, there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking to Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, 
Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud enveloped them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces to the ground, were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. After, coming, after they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus instructed them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. I think I'll stop right there. <clears throat> well, there's a lot here <laughs> to talk about. And uh, some of the scholars think this was Mount Hermon, which is in the northern part of Israel. It's about a little over 9,000 feet. And uh, they think that's where... Uh, Jesus took his three disciples, Peter, James, and John. And they went up this mountain, and as they were there, he was transfigured. In other words, he was changed. His whole being was changed. He's, it says that uh, he, he was light, as bright as the sun. And it's like they entered another world. And uh, one of the translations says that it was dazzling white, as white as if you put bleach on it. And uh, one of the, uh, Luke says it was like the flash of lightning. It was so bright. Now, I believe that uh, as... This is happening. It's like entering another world. It's like they left earth. And Jesus was, was changed completely. And then there appeared to him Moses and Elijah. And they were the same way. And think about Moses. He had died 1,500 years ago. And here he was alive. And Elijah, he had died about seven or about 900 years ago. And he was alive and they were talking to Jesus. I think Jesus gave his disciples a glimpse of what heaven's like. There's no death there. They live forever. And there was Moses, 1,500 years old, alive and well and talking to Jesus. Wow, that's, that's real hope for us as Christians. That's real hope. Um, um, I want to talk a little bit about Moses and Elijah. 
Moses and Elijah, they had their own mountains in their lives. You remember Moses, as he was leading the um, children of Israel out of Egypt, he came to this mountain called Mount Sinai. And the Lord commanded him to come up the mountain. And uh, he went up there and he received the Ten Commandments. And you remember he was up there a long time and the children of Israel got very impatient. And finally Moses comes down from that mountain and um, he, uh, he sees the wickedness of the children of Israel. And you remember, he throws the stone tablets down and they break. And he has to do this all over. God commanded him to go up and get this message. And the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel at that time are kind of like what our Constitution is to the United States. You know, it's the governing thing. This is to how they were supposed to live their lives. And so he, second time, goes up and comes down. And the children of Israel saw that his face was shining. In his, some reason, the presence of God made Moses' face shine. And he had to put a veil over his face because it was such an amazing thing. So Moses is the lawgiver. And that's one of the people that Jesus was talking to. Now the other one is Elijah. Elijah has his own mountain experience. And uh, you probably remember this story about Elijah, the children of Israel. Um, they had a king named Ahab, and he had this, he had this wicked wife, Jezebel. And she had, and Ahab had led the children of Israel into idol worship. They were worshiping a god, a idol called Baal. And uh, this Baal had uh, four hundred and fifty prophets, and. Uh, so Elijah, he was a great prophet. He was still true to the living God, and he was trying to bring the children of Israel back to worshiping God. And uh, so he challenged the prophets of Baal to uh, meet him on Mount Carmel. I'm not sure if that's the way you pronounce it, but that'll do. Uh, Anyway, it was up on a mountain, and they would each sacrifice. Uh, the prophets of Baal would sacrifice to their god, and uh, Elijah would sacrifice to the Lord God. And Elijah lets them go first, and he, he, they said, the first one to call fire down from heaven, he will be God. That will prove it. And so the prophets of Baal, they pr 
pray all day, and they'd dance in front of their altar. And uh, Elijah taunts them and says, maybe your God's sleeping, or, you know, maybe he's gone on vacation. And he taunts them all day, and finally they give up. And Elijah, he comes before his altar, and he gives us amazing prayer, uh, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known today that you are God, and these are your people. And as he prayed, the fire from heaven came down and consumed the altar and the sacrifice, and he had even doused it with water, and the water in the trenches was just all evaporated. And uh, Elijah, uh, from that, the children of Israel said, the Lord, he is God. And it was a great revival of the children of Israel. Well, I just wanted to give that account. So that's who Jesus is talking to. The, the lawgiver and the first great prophet in the Old Testament. And um, so uh, Peter, in his excitement, he says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. <laughs> it sounds like kind of a crazy thing to say, but I think what he's saying is, I think Peter was so excited to see this um, happening before him, he's saying, Lord, this is great. I don't, you know, I, I can't express myself. He was so excited. He said, it's great that we're here. And he says, uh, let's build three shelters, one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for you, Jesus. Now, I think what he's saying there is, Let's just stay here. We'll have houses for you. Let's all stay here. I mean, this experience with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah is so great. Peter says, we don't want to go back. We want to stay here. And I think that's kind of a picture of what heaven's going to be like. There's going to be such excitement that I don't want to go back down there. <laughs> I want to stay here. And so uh, he says, let's build a these three shelters and we'll just keep you here and we'll stay here. You know, life's going to be good <laughs> again. And so um, then there's this cloud comes over the mountain. And that can happen. Um, when, when I climbed Mount Hood, Dick warned us about whiteouts, and it's when a cloud comes in and it just sits on the mountain and you can't see anything. I mean, it's just, they, they, he warned us, don't move when a cloud comes because you'll think you're going in the right way and you'll get into trouble. You'll get into a, a crevasse or something like that. So... We were warned, but uh, this big cloud comes over them, and they're, they're afraid. They fall on their faces, and this booming voice of God says, 
This is my beloved son, who am well pleased. Listen to him. And so the cloud passes. Jesus comes over and touches them, and they get up. And uh, the thing that is, I want you to see here is this is the truth that God wants us to know. Jesus is the Son of God. Listen to him. And we listen to him by reading his word, by praying, let his Holy Spirit touch our lives and speaking to us. And um, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. And down through the centuries since Jesus walked on the earth, you know, people have gone different ways, and they've followed different leaders. And in the world today, it's so mixed up because people are following different leaders. But the voice of God said, this is my son. Listen to him. Follow him. And that's um, what he wants to tell us today. Now, I just want to go a little bit further on this story. There's a lot here. But as they were coming down the mountain, after this great experience, Jesus tells these three disciples, don't tell anybody what you've seen and heard. And we can ask ourselves, why would he say that? because they've seen the most astounding thing in their lives. And I don't know about you, when I see something great, <laughs> I want to tell people about it. And I'm sure the disciples felt that way. Boy, we're going to go back and tell them what we saw. But I think that if they'd have told this story to the the Jews, for instance, you know, the Jews were already trying to kill Jesus. I think this would have just been the trigger. They said, now he's saying he was up in heaven, or now that's what they're saying. And it would have disrupted Jesus' whole ministry here on earth. So he says, don't tell anybody about this until I have been risen from the dead. I think the other thing is the disciples, those three disciples. If they'd have gone back to the other disciples and say, you won't believe what we saw, they're probably the rest of the disciples would have said, well, why didn't he take us up? And it would have caused division and dissension among the disciples. We already know that that was somewhat of a problem because, um, you know, the disciples, they, they said to Jesus one time, um, who's going to be first, you know? And one time they said, Lord, they, they got into this argument, and here it was about who's going to sit on Jesus' right hand, who's going to sit on his left in heaven? And uh, I think Jesus knew all of this. He didn't want to cause any jealousy. 
any dissension in the disciples. So he says to Peter, James, and John, don't tell anybody until I've risen from the dead. And so um, they come down, and I didn't read this, but right after they get down the mountain, the other disciples are there, and they're, uh, there's a man comes running to Jesus, and he says, Lord, can you heal my son? He has epilepsy. And we, we brought him to your disciples, and they couldn't heal him. And I think here's the ordinary of life. The disciples have their problems. When we come back from great experiences, we have our problems to face. Now, Jesus healed that young man, and he says, how long will I deal with you because you're so lacking of faith? Um, but the ordinary of life. I, I can remember when, um, when Eunice and I got married, we went to Florida on our honeymoon, and it, we had a great time, you know, swimming in the ocean and uh, eating great food every night and everything. And, you know, I didn't want to go back <laughs> to the ordinary of life. I didn't want to go back to that job I had. But at some point, I knew I had to go back. And that's the way it is here when Jesus brings, comes down. Here they are. They, they can't heal this uh, epileptic. And, um, you know... Um, the ordinary of life. And, uh, you know, if you hear a good sermon here, and you hear one every Sunday, other than this one, <laughs> <laughs> the next day you have to go back to work and face people that they're not nice all the time. And... Uh, but that's what life's all about. We have to go back to the ordinary again and um, face life. Now, in my closing point is, why did Jesus choose these three men, Peter, James, and John? Why didn't he take um, Matthew or Nathaniel or one of these others? We really don't know for sure, but here's what I speculate. <laughs> um, Peter was very bold in his faith. And, uh, you know, just before this, Jesus had asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter says, you are the, the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God. And Peter was the first one to speak, it seems like, every time. And so he was, a, he was bold in his faith. He lived his faith. As imperfect as it was, he was a man of faith. 
And then there's James. James was a man of faith. He went on to become the leader of the early church. In fact, he called the first church council. And you can read the book of James. James believed in practical Christianity. What, what, uh, what Jesus said, what the Bible says, do it. Be, don't be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And so I think James also was a man of great faith. And the last one was uh, John. And we know about John, you know. John, you read the book of John in 1st and 2nd and 3rd John. It's about love. John was a lover of God and a lover of people. And at that last supper, you remember, John was leaning against Jesus. He didn't want to hear about he's going to be crucified and killed. He was leaning on Jesus. He loved Jesus so much. So those three things, I think that's why Jesus told, took these three men, Peter, James, and John. And I guess in closing, what I'd say to you is, would Jesus choose you? Would he choose me? if he had something special to reveal. And I think it depends on our faith. How much faith do we really have? Do we live that faith? And I think if we live that strong faith, he will reveal more and more things to us. He'll do it through his word. He'll do it through his Holy Spirit. He'll do it through sermons in other ways. So what kind of a life are we living? Is it a life of faith? I pray that it is. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this experience that you've revealed in the Bible. And Lord, it makes us just look forward to heaven and being with you and experiencing that excitement where we never want to come back to earth but be with God. So Lord, I just pray that we will have that faith where you reveal more and more about yourself to us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message from Hollyview Church. We invite you to join us in person for our worship service every Sunday morning at 1030. You can find us on Southeast 257th Avenue, just off of Highway 212 between Boring and Damascus, Oregon. Or find us online at hollyviewchurch.com. Together, we are being shaped by the gospel, rooted in God's word, to share God's grace and truth. Again, whether online or in person, thank you for joining us here at Hollyview Church. Church.